Welcome back to See and Free Studio. So glad you're joining us today. This is the place where you come to figure out what makes you unique, special, and different. And I have found some guests to join us and tell us their stories. And I, my next guest is all about telling stories. Terry Stafford is an award-winning author devoted to stories of music and hope for those who long for the good old days. He discovered writing after decade, a decades-long career in project management, and he now uses his expertise to help creatives <laughs> transform their scattered brains, and we know we have them, <laughs> um, to prolific storytellers while helping leaders use their stories to succeed. He's joining us today from Tulare, California. Please welcome Terry Stafford. Hi, Terry. Hello. How are you doing? Good I'm to be good. here, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, Terry and I just met everyone in Honoré Quarters, who is one of our guests, uh, publishing class. And Terry is a very accomplished author and editor. Um, so I'm learning from him and other members of the community. So thank you for that, Terry. I've really enjoyed uh, learning from all of you who have taken these steps before me. Um, Terry, tell us a little bit, where are you these days? What are you doing with your time? How's it going? Uh, it's going well. I'm actually um, spending most of my time right now editing. I, I happen to have a pretty healthy client list, so that's a good problem to have. Um, I, I'm not actually writing on anything because I'm, I'm waiting to launch a book in that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in. I'm very much in the editing space and learning about launches. And that book that you're talking about is Project Management for Writers. And I talked a little bit about the fact that you came from a career of doing project management and you're now helping those people, those of us, including myself, uh, to get organized and get focused and follow a process. So you want to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about the book and what you're doing? Sure. I actually spent uh, over 30 years as a project manager for NASA, um, and I didn't. When I left NASA, I don't know, seven years ago, and moved out here to California. I was actually at Kennedy Space Center, and then came out here to California. I, I kind of put that on the back burner, and I didn't think much about it. And I started writing books, and the more I thought about it, quite recently, actually, that a lot of the things that I did as a product project manager applied to what I was doing as a writer. You know, repeatable processes. If you're going to write another book, you know, you've done it before. You've got these systems in place and processes. So, I decided to marry those two together and and take advantage of my project management experience and you know pull it on off the back burner. And I I wrote the book Project Management for Writers to do just that. Help writers get organized. And it was, it's pretty amazing how things do equate. I mean, I was a certified project manager uh, through the Project Management Institute, and they have a framework for project management that I started looking at, and, and it, it works for writers. I mean, you obviously aren't gonna go into the, the depth and the, the detail that a NASA project manager would go through, but uh, for example, when you start a project, any project, you, hit, you start with a project plan. And in the book, I start off by equating that project plan to a book proposal. So, you know, anything that you're going to do with the book, you want to write it down in a book proposal. So you know where you're going to go. And then it just goes on, on and on from there. Uh, time management, 
um, you know, risk management and cost management, all, all those things a project manager handles, an author has to do as well. So it, it, it was a pretty fun project. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're bringing that rigor to um, an art form uh, and the fact that your brain can handle that complexity <laughs> of, you know, creative, the creative side of your brain and the very organized, analytical, rational side of your brain. And not all of us have that ability, Terry. Um, you know, this whole thing is about what makes us unique, special and different. And other than what we already know about you and, and that miraculous brain of yours, you know, what would you say is your USD? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's kind of unique that I was a, a NASA project manager. Um, the things that I write, I'm, I'm also a musician. I, I guess it's just the eclectic nature of my life. Um, hmm. I'm, my wife and I are, are musicians, and um, we play at a ministry on Friday nights at church, and we're, we're bluegrass musicians, so we spend a lot of time. Uh, at bluegrass festivals, and my my first novel is actually about that. The first novel is called Strings of Faith, and it's about music and uh, bluegrass music and old time fiddle music. And um, so, I guess what might make me unique is the wide swath that I try to cut through the world um, by you know being kind of a homey guy, you know, country guy, bluegrass music kind of guy. Um, who came from NASA, which I don't know, I guess that's unique. <laughs> I think it is. And I love bluegrass music, so I have to I have to listen to some of your music. You got to put some tunes out and share them with us. So maybe if you do have any, we'll we'll add some links to the website, Terry. So you know, did you when did you discover that that unique you know eclectic nature about you? Did, was that something you discovered early in your life or over time? That's one thing we like to discuss here. I think I only recently recognized it, and I would say really within the last year, quite frankly. Mm. Like I said, I had put the whole project management thing on the back burner, and I thought, that's that's gone. That's no longer a part of me. Um, but but then it did occur to me that, you know, wait, what, what I'm doing as an author is that, you know, not, not as not as complex and in-depth, but it's that, you know, you're doing these same things over and over again every time you write a book and you know once you get that nailed down you can get it organized now as far as the writing goes i never ever thought i would be a writer and you know back in school um i was not a good student in elementary and high school i i just wasn't and um but i had an english teacher my sophomore in high school english teacher she gave us an assignment to go off and write a story about something. So I did, and then she stood next to my desk the next day after I had turned it in, and she said, you know, you're a really good writer, a great storyteller. It was almost embarrassing at the time because that was a very uncool thing to be, you know, to be told. So I blew it off, naturally, because it was uncool. And, but through the years, I kept hearing her voice, and um, it wasn't until, I don't know, 10 years ago, uh, I decided to write a book, and it, it was actually a nonfiction, a short book um, that 
described a like a metamorphosis our church went through a, a big change um and i thought somebody needs to write a book about that so i kept hearing her voice in the back of my head and i thought okay i'm gonna give this a try and so i wrote that book and it was like that was pretty neat it, it was a good practice it wasn't a great book but it was a good practice gig and um and then after that i started thinking about um i a story it was a family story that i wanted to capture but i didn't want to do it as a memoir it was a little bit too personal for that um so i created this world this fictional world uh with fictional characters to describe a real event that happened in our family and um that became strings of faith that's that's that book it took quite a few years to get that one done but so you know, not only did I think I would never be a writer, but I certainly would never be a novelist, you know, and it just never occurred to me. But writing that book, um, the Strings of Faith, I thought, this this is a lot of fun, you know, creating your own world, your own characters. And it got to the point where, well, let me stray for a second. There, There's the things you have called a, 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 a plotter and a pantser. And Stephen King wrote about that in his book on writing. Um, and a plotter likes to, you know, lay out things, which you would think I would do. You know, being a project manager by trade, you would think I would want to do that. But in fact, I am a pantser. I write from the hip. And um, so going back to Strings of Faith, it got to the point, and, and subsequent novels, it got to the point where my characters were waking me up. You know, I, I, when I'm writing on something, I generally get up at 4 a.m. And I'm usually awakened by one of my characters with a story to tell. And I hurry up and get to the coffee pot, bring my coffee to the desk, and I start capturing, typing as fast as I can, capturing this movie going on in my head. And every morning, it's that way. That's why I don't bother plotting or outlining a novel because there's just too much excitement going on with my characters you know so that's how it all evolved um to make a long story longer i guess <laughs> well i i love it and you know terry I, we've had a couple of authors on uh and i i don't i didn't know that distinction from stephen king but do you feel you follow a different process for nonfiction versus fiction or, or do you kind of prance around or plants around on those you just about have to be a, a plotter or mm. an outliner for nonfiction um because you're not creating your own world and and you certainly don't want to steer people astray now i was lucky enough on the topic of project management for writers like i said i used the project management institute's framework and um and it's a very specific you know nine phase framework that they teach all their project managers for the certification and and all that so i had that I'm, the book is pretty much laid out in that way each chapter is is one of those phases of project management yes yeah and i know a little bit about project management you know what was it like doing project management at nasa um, you know, you were probably there in, in some very critical growth years for, for uh, space um, and space exploration. Uh, what was it like? 
I, well, I was at Kennedy during the last years of the space shuttle program, mm -hmm. and um, it it was it was sad um, watching all that come to a close. But what my job was, um, we were we were planning for uh, ground systems development, and you know, building the new systems that that payload processing would go through and, and the equipment and all that there at the facilities at Kennedy. And if you can imagine, you probably can't imagine being in a conference room full of engineers. Um, if you've worked with engineers before, you know, it's an interesting bunch. And um, I am not an engineer in any stretch of the imagination. So getting things done it was tough because trying to get you know 20 or 30 engineers in a conference room to agree on anything is uh, a pretty amazing feat so that was the big challenge and um all the documentation that you have to do with nasa uh the safety you know all the checklists i mean it's 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 pretty incredible and and one of the chapters in the book is it's called risk management and and basically i just talk a little bit about you know as an author you know what would you what will you do if something goes wrong and that's all risk management is is pick something that could go wrong um say well i guess it's possible my editor could get sick and wouldn't be able to finish the book well okay what will you do if that happens and and that's the whole art of of risk management well in nasa risk management is thousands of people working in you know hundreds of locations around the country um, and working on all these risk assessments and you know writing out risk mitigation plans and uh, how much will it cost you know the the budget required against all these risk management. so I mean it's a huge deal it's a huge deal we don't do that as authors and um, you know but but getting involved in that with NASA is is kind of mind blowing. It can be frustrating if you're not an engineer. It can be very frustrating um, because I would often get to the point. Well, just make a decision. You know, just make a decision before we leave this room today. Let's make a decision. And it, it, more often than not, it would be like let's set another meeting. So it can be frustrating working with a bunch of engineers. <laughs> I laugh. I've worked with a lot of uh, tech uh, organizations, but I also am married to an engineer. Uh, we definitely think uh -oh. differently. But I will tell you, uh, the not making decisions is not unique <laughs> to that organization or to engineering. Uh, we, we as humans can delay decisions for long, long periods of time. Um, well, Terry, like you know, you said you thought you were going to walk away from it. Obviously, it, it stuck with you. It, you can't get away from something you were doing for 30 years. Um, you know, do you think that you're going to be able to take this forward and continue to bring project management to this creative uh, part of your life? And uh, now that you're writing books, are you going to continue on, or what do you think you're going to do with it? I think so. I would actually like to start coaching around the mm. subject of project management for writers because I know you know we've all heard people all of our lives say I need to write a book you know you're sitting around at Thanksgiving 
table and family and friends and everybody and you think I should write a book or you know you're telling a story and somebody else around the table says you should write a book and so those people are all over the country and and not very many people actually follow through they know they should write a book and I think everybody has to write a book by the way and um, but very few I've heard numbers like three percent maybe follow through with writing a book and um, less than half of those actually do it so I want to help them you know when somebody says uh, I want to write a book but I don't know where to start I would like them to think of me and it's like come to me I'll help you get started or even experienced writers um, you know they get to a point where it's like I don't know what to do next and you know and as I mentioned earlier the, the second or third book if they feel like they've never done it before and they're trying to figure out what to do but you know if you've got systems laid out like a project manager you'll know exactly what to do. you know as soon as you open the next document for a new manuscript you know what the first step is so you know hopefully I can help people do that and define their their writing practice and um, just help them through the process yes well I think that's that's a really great way to bring it full circle um, and uh, you know bring all of the best bits of your eclectic self <laughs> to to others mm -hmm. and I, I think that's a fantastic next step um, as you especially as the book hits the airwaves um, Terry one of the things I like to do is ask uh, a random question and uh, while you don't know what the question is you do get to pick a number <laughs> between 1 and 25 uh, so what number would you like to choose oh my uh, 16 16 Oh, if you could wipe out one fear that people have in the world, what would it be and how would we be better for it? That's like the perfect question. Um, <laughs> I think the fear of, of writing a book and, and I think um, that, that is what holds a lot of people back. They're afraid of the process. They're afraid it's gonna be too hard. They're afraid nobody cares about what they have to say. And, or, or they're afraid, you know, the story's been told before, I don't wanna repeat it. And the truth is nobody has heard your story. Nobody has heard it come from you. So uh, it's, it's, it's important to do that. And there could be any number of reasons why you would write a book it may just be sharing a story with family, write a book so you can give it away for Christmas or whatever, with no real intent to publish it um, on Amazon out publicly or whatever. Um, but but you might wanna write a book because you have a business. Maybe you are a coach and you, you could use a book with your name on it to give to your clients. Or maybe you're a public speaker and you'd like to have a book for back of the room sales. Um, just to you know use it as something more than a business card you know people throw business cards away all the time but they're more hesitant hopefully to throw away a book so if you've got a book with your name on it and give it away you know it's like a business card so there are so many reasons to get rid of the fear and and just do it you know and and if if nothing else and a, and a lot of would-be authors get hung up on this. They start thinking about the publishing process and, oh, how do I get on Amazon? How do I do this? How do I do that? But they forget to sit down and write the book. So it's 
that would be like the most important thing is sit down. So I guess I answered the question. Hopefully I answered the question. Yes, yeah. So I think, you know, like you said, somebody told you, a teacher told you, you're a good writer. And so if anybody's been telling you in your life, you're, you should write, uh, you know, put your stories down on paper. Terry's saying, go for it. <laughs> so mm, please absolutely. do that for yourselves and for others who want to hear your story and your way of looking at the world. Um, Terry, you know, another thing we like to do with the show is, is highlight uh, nonprofits that are doing some cool things in the world and making a difference. And you picked one that I have not heard of and I would love for you to tell us about it. It's called Salt Plus Light. Will you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, it's, um, it's a local organization. They've, they've been, uh, it's actually headed up by um, Adrienne Hillman, a friend of mine. and. It's, it's more local, but it's based on uh, an organization or a ministry that's going on in Texas. And what it is, it's to feed the homeless, it's to care for the homeless, it's to give, uh, give community to the homeless. And um, they are deep into planning to create a village. And it was originally gonna be like small homes, small constructed homes. Uh, but now they're going into more of like mobile homes um, or prefabricated homes. And they're gonna create this village that uh, is for community. And, um, you know, homeless, well, it, it's, a problem, it's a problem around the country, but uh, it's huge here in California and here in the Valley because the climate is very temperate and, you know, it's warm most of the time. But, um, Adrian has hired, she's got a team going that are very involved in, in planning this, this village. And uh, I think they're finalizing plans for property now and construction will begin towards the end of the year. But it, it gives the homeless a place to go. It gives them community um, and, you know, training and, you know, health and, you know, different things that, that the homeless need and generally don't know where to go to find. But it's, um, you know, working with the homeless, it's tricky because a, a lot, the reason people are homeless is a whole host of reasons. And so you can't just assume anything about anybody on the street. And um, so, you know, Adrienne and her team, they're very rehearsed at this. I mean, they're out on the streets all the time, feeding and, uh, giving coats and blankets and, and things away. Um, but in that, they're communicating with the people. And um, they have a food truck, by the way. Uh, they recently acquired a food truck, and they're out on the streets with that truck, feeding people, giving meals away. Um, it's just neat. It's neat what they're doing and, and very much needed. So I'm, I'm excited to be a small part of it, most, mostly just financial help right now, but I hope to get more involved with it. It's a great organization. Yes, and we want to highlight it, and we'll have the QR code for everyone to snap at the end of this video, and you can always look up SALT plus light um, to help, uh, you know, really help the homeless, of which we are seeing a major upward trend in homelessness. And I think you're right, Terry, you know, we make a lot of assumptions about what creates uh, that condition for people. And, and oftentimes we will be 
wrong um, in our assumptions if we do not take the time to get to know people, understand their circumstances, um, and, and lend them a helping hand, um, which it sounds like Adriana and her team are doing. So I really want to make sure that others that can help financially, like Terry, please do. And if you can't, go get involved. Um, these, this community's got to get built. Um, and so I know she's probably going to need more help, either handing out food and beverages and blankets or, or helping construct some of these, these homes and creating that kind of community. So please do that. Check out Salt Plus Light. Um, and Terry, thank you for highlighting them. Sure, my pleasure, my pleasure. And you're right, they can use all the help they can get. And uh, it's, it's becoming quite a big deal around here. Yes, it is, absolutely. Well, Terry, I have really enjoyed having you on the show. You and I got to talk a little bit on the phones. So I get to hear more about your story. I'm glad to share it with other people, and I'm, I'm really glad to highlight the book, Project Management for Writers. Um, those of us, uh, and I, I'm kind of a both sides of the brain person too, but um, I probably lean a little bit more heavy on the creative side, and that creates my absent-minded professorness. <laughs> and so I need Terry's in my world to help me stay focused and on track. Um, and so I'm glad you've written this book, Terry. I encourage everyone to go out and get it. Um, and is there anything else you want to tell us about it before before we go? No, like I said, I just I hope it helps those who want to write and um, introduces them to me a little bit. And um, you can find out a little bit more about me on my website, terrystafford.com. And um, that's more for the readers, the people who read my my fiction. Um, if you are interested in being a writer or help, you know, with writer coaching, um, the website is it's a writerfullife.com and um, that'll get you to a place where you can get in touch with me for some help. Great, well, we'll add that to the website. Also, if you have any of that music, Terry, send it along. I'll, I'll put some MP3s out for everyone. Thanks for, so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I'll be seeing you again soon, I'm sure, in our honorees, uh, honorees community. Um, and until then, I want everyone to come back to cnfreestudio.com and subscribe. You can check us out on YouTube and watch these videos. If you're like me and you need to have all the senses appealed to, <laughs> please do that. But if you like to just listen on your uh, route to work or wherever you're going throughout the day, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that, I'm going to end today's show and want to thank you all for being here.